All right, everybody. Welcome to episode. Crap! I have to write it down because I can never remember. T Bone, I think you're our distinguished episode fifty guest. Awesome. Just just happened to be that. <laughs> uh, I'm Michael Lee. I'm here with the the beautiful Kevin Knighton, who's always has his beard on point as we discuss every week. I'm not even going to talk about his beard this week. I'm just going to let that ride. And we've got <laughs> our longtime buddy, one of the best guys in the industry. Uh, I, and I say that probably may be the best guy in the industry. I'm not trying to blow his head up too big on this podcast, but our, our good friend, Travis T-Bone Turner. Good to see you, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for having <laughs> me, guys. I, I certainly appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's good to good to talk face-to-face. Uh, been a while. I know that's right. I mean, between, you know, COVID killed trade shows for a while, and then, you know, you, you, you've had a little bit going on here in the last year or so, and, and we'll yeah. hit on that in a second, but um yeah it's it's definitely good to to see you man um and i I, i'm i mean we talked about before we started recording here you know podcasts and that we kind of all just do them all there every invite we get but i do really appreciate you taking time to be on here with us man. oh yeah my pleasure man it's always just um i think you know before we start hit the record button i think we kind of summed it up especially within our industry it's basically a a computerized campfire and i you know i kind of jump at the chance most every podcast i do is outdoor related and you know wh- whether you're talking to somebody across the country or or y- you know wh- wherever you're at it's just like hey man we're getting to see how each other's culture is check in on everybody's family make sure they're doing good talk about a few things that are you know politics and stuff and at the end of the day it's like we said it's a computerized uh campfire and uh you know they ain't no better way to celebrate hunting and outdoors and stuff than a than a good old hunting camp campfire so no i'm, I'm glad to be on here my pleasure right on brother well um first off like we ask everybody you know where are you at what you doing well right now i'm in my archery shop down here in my basement the old uh what we call the dojo and been piddling on a few bows this morning and and uh just been at home a bunch actually i'm just waiting on uh my prosthetic leg, um, I, you know, I had the idea of when you go get a prosthetic leg, like when I was in the hospital back in February or whatever, it's just like, oh, yeah, you just go get fitted, you know, just like buying a pair of Nikes. You just go in there and pick them out, you know, get a little sized up. And then, but it's a process, man, and you got to get fitted. And I've had to go like two or three times to fitting and changes. And then they take and uh, work on it and mold it and carve it and do all kinds of things. So, you know, you got to get it fit the exact length and the, cup needs to be the right size of the boot for your stump and so uh you know it's kind of a hurry up and wait type process but uh all the checkups and stuff with the doctors as far as cancer and 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 uh everything like that all the everything that we know they don't never like to say cancer free because that just freaks them out but uh with everything that we know and all the things that you can uh you know measure to see if you got cancer i i'm cancer free in the this chapter of me having microfibros fibrosarcoma should be done i mean I, I lost my right leg and they took a section of my lung and a nodule out of my lung and a credit card size chunk of my left lung so uh everything everything should be a-okay now as far as cancer goes i just need to work on getting this prosthetic leg and learning to hobble around on it and uh you know so i can get my mobility back like that right now i'm in a walker and a and a wheelchair so uh which is which is good you know i mean it, it's it's good but man, having a little bit more mobility and, you know, uh, it's going to make it a lot easier having a, a prosthetic leg. 
for this man, one, oh, go ahead, Kevin. I just gonna tell you, Travis. I know you know you said it's a process waiting on the prosthetic and everything, but you know your friends over there, them Centerground boys. I guarantee you, you give them a four by four and a Dremel tool, they'll have you something whipped up to get you by till they get that real one made. Man, you're right. Them, the, uh, man, Anthony and his son Memphis, they've been a, you know, they only live about ten miles from me. They are great, great guys, and they, they come over here and them along with my best friend Brian, they, uh, they put me a, a ramp so I can get out the back of the house and I, you know, get downstairs. I, I can't go down the downstairs no more, so I gotta go out with the wheelchair, go down the ramp and around. So now him and um, Anthony, Brian and Memphis. Yeah. They've really, they've really done a lot around here. They, they, them are good boys. I swear they are. Well, they got you where you can at least go down to the pond and go fishing, right? Absolutely. I can get out <laughs> in the yard. I can shoot my bow. I can, I can go fishing. I can jump on the four wheeler. Well, not jump, but I can transfer over <laughs> to the four wheeler. That, that was a big hurdle. I, I mean, honestly, through this whole thing, guys, I've been, you know, through the, all the time I've had to sit and think, you know, everybody thinks like, man, when you get better, I, you know, well, you need to come out here and go moose hunting and you need to do this and you need, and I'm like, don't get me wrong. That sounds great. And, you know, everybody just thinks you're hyper focused on hunting. But if I got a list of things I'm looking forward to doing or being able to do or get back to do, uh, hunting's about probably four or five down on the list. I, I want to get back in my skid steer and my climb up on my tractor I, and I'm really missing. I know a lot of people may, may, I hope they feel like I do, but I can't even get on my zero turn mower right now. And I, I, man, I'm dying to cut my grass. I love cutting grass. So, you know, those, those three, you know, it's therapeutic being on those things. Y'all guys know whenever you cut yeah. grass or on a tractor or, you know, working outside and stuff, it's just so therapeutic. So I'm so looking forward to being able to get back on those things and it's going to take that prosthetic leg to do it. So uh, either that or a light duty or a heavy duty crane, one of those two. <laughs> Well, I didn't know if like whether you're going in and getting this new new leg and stuff. If you they get you another shoe on the other side, maybe you get about six inches taller or something. You know, so you get, I know something, get something out of this thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't need no more height. I'm I'm happy with my height, but a, a little lighter would be helpful if if there was a, some way to lighten me up. Uh, yeah, and, and I thought that I thought that cutting my leg off, I I was going. They said my leg weighed what they cut off weighed 37 pounds. They did tell me that. Oh wow! And I thought, yeah, and I thought, well. So, well, at least I lost a little weight, you know, just me being me. And then come to find out that prosthetic leg, I, I bet it weighs close to that. It's heavy, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's got to be close to 25, 30 pounds. So I'm like, man, that, I, I didn't I didn't gain nothing there. Well, you net it out, though. See, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. removable. Yeah, it's it's yeah. all right. <laughs> yep. One minute I'm heavy and one minute I'm a little lighter. So <laughs> you need to get one of them ones like I've seen them have. Looks like they got a. A rear spring off of an old Ford pickup truck down there for running. Yeah. Things. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they don't make them for my size. We've already, you know, when people think about prosthetics and people who are amputees, that's what you always think of the people that are running. And, and, uh, but th there's a lot more to it than just that. I, I promise you that. So, um, yeah, that's only about the top 5% on them. You know, most everybody else is just, <laughs> proud to have it and be able to walk you know 500 yards a day i thought you yeah. might show up show up at a trade show one day have old pirate leg you know just for yeah for you being you to come in a little big yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think i think is all the walking and standing we do on that i don't know that uh i, I don't know that i'll be at a prosthetic leg I, I, i'll be at a trade show with a prosthetic leg i i may be wheelchair 
cheering it at probably at the trade well, shows. We'll get you one of them like a like like old Josh Carney's got, you know, with the, with the yeah. big tracks on it and all that stuff. And and see, then what would happen is you could just put a little wagon behind you, and people like me and Kevin, we would pay just to have a ride around those trade shows. So we that's right. So we're onto something now. I like. This. I might I might have to do that. That might be something <laughs> for sure. <laughs> That's I, awesome, man. I got a funny story about Josh Carney and that that track chair that he has. Is uh, we was at it was at the ATA and he was there, and I can't remember if it was his dog that he had, or there was somebody there that walked up in the group that had a dog. But he's sitting there with the track chair, and we're we're talking, and ten minutes in, well, somehow that dog's tail got laid over there in that track, and he. <laughs> And man, and he took he took off or tried to move around to reposition, and that tail went up through that sprocket on one of them sprockets, and that dog just yelled like nobody's business, and uh, and he stopped when it was mid sprocket, so the so it wasn't just like the dog could run out and get it, get his tail out. He was stuck. I mean, it was like he was tied to that sprocket, and that dog's going, you know, eight 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 poop crazy, and uh, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, he finally, we finally realized we all, you know, banded together to help. And he finally realized what was going on, man. It, I, I felt horrible for that dog, but man, he was screaming like nobody's business. Oh, and since, man. And since then, the dog has a prosthetic tail. So. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, they renamed him Nubby. <laughs> Put it in reverse, Terry. Put it in reverse. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Always come up a little short, but <laughs> oh, man. Well, buddy, I mean, we know you've been through a lot, and and we, we hate that for you. But I, I know, just like you said, I mean, I think it. You know, anytime we go through any any traumatic experience in life, and this kind of you know cream of the crop, as far as that goes for for a personal experience, and and you know, hopefully nobody ever has to go through it. But it seems like to me, you, you kind of really check things in you, you realize what's important and just like you said i think you hit the nail on the head even in what we do which your hunting is very important to all of us but at the end of the day your priorities you know get lined back up where you know god family you know and, and things like that really get to put into perspective as far as you know the importance of things just like you said i mean as far as what you want to get back to doing, you know, getting, get back on the, the tractor and the skid steer and, and the lawnmower. I mean, I think we all should do that without having to go through anything like that. I mean, we really need to, yeah. to check ourselves on a regular basis because, you know, we have a right to hunt and, it, and it's a, a privilege at some time, depending on your situation. But I think we do get caught up in putting all of our eggs in, in the basket of what we want to do and not yeah. what we need to do. You know, yeah. Or, or we take for granted the things that we get to do, yeah. you know, like, uh, it can be taken away from you things that like, like, uh, you know, I'm just now learning to learning back to drive. I got hand controls on, uh, um, on my trucks and stuff. And I, I just started that like last week. And so I haven't driven, so you don't, you don't think too much about that, but I can, I can drive now. I got hand controls, but you, you know, it makes you think about like, the simple things like, I mean, it's just stupid, like being able to drive through the Dairy Queen drive through and get ice cream. You know, it takes some major planning when you can't drive and you got to ask people to help. And it's just, it's when you're an independent person, which I, I feel like I was and or I am, it just kills you to be able to have to ask people to do silly things for you. 
that most people are way overwhelming, you know, and, and would lo love to help you and stuff, but it does just, it bothers you, you know, to have to ask for that kind of thing. And then you take for granted, like, well, like I said, driving or just, just being able to do things. And, uh, I mean, I can see where, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I, I, I mean, I'm proud of myself for being so strong through this whole thing. And before I got my leg amputated, uh, you know, I had, I knew that that's what was going to happen in October when I found out it was cancer and started reading up on it. I knew that that, I mean, the doctors never would say that to begin with. They said, well, wait just a minute. Let's just wait and see. You know, they almost, they give you a lot of hope and I was hopeful too, but in the back of my head, I'd already planted that seed. I'm like, nah, I'm fixing to lose my leg. So I had to go three or four months of, you know, gearing myself up to this is what's going to, how it's going to be. So, and I did, I, I you know, and I, I was proud of myself for like, here's the struggle we're fixing to hit. So, you know, get ready. So me and my wife really did a good job of that. But, you know, even when it gets taken away from you, you know, it's like it's here now and it's real easy to have some really bad days. And I'm not going to say, I mean, I, I've had a few, you know, really my lip poked out days. It's like, you know, you know, I'm not selfishly saying or, or spoiled by saying, why me? I'm not saying that. I'm just like, like nothing is taken away dream wise. It really is not meaning like at this late in life, uh, and I, you know, not, I'd say not late in life. I mean, I, hopefully I still got some more living to do for sure. But when I say this late in life, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm getting towards the last chapter. So I'm saying, man, like, like I've said in other podcasts, I'm sure y'all seen, but I'm like, I, I've, I've already outlived my dreams. If you'd asked me in when I was in my twenties, I would have never dreamed that I would have been this far or got this far in what I consider a career in a passion. It worked, you know, making a career out of a passion. So I, I mean that if I, if I don't ever kill another deer or, or anything, I've, I've already, you know, done it. So I don't mean that to be anti chase your dreams. I mean that just to be humbled and, and to be appreciative and not take for granted the little things, meaning like, uh, you know, just being able to get up in the middle of the night and walk to the bathroom to take a leak, you know, it's, it's a process now. It's a process now. So, you know, you, you, you know, it's real, it's real easy to think like, man, that, that guy, well, he sure is getting around good on his leg, but there's a lot to, there's a lot to that. Meaning there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of struggles that go with it, you know? So I, I have a, a lot more, like I always did. I knew it was hard just because I mean, I've been big all my life. So it's always been a little bit more challenging just doing things being big. So I've always done it, but now it, it take it to a next level. But, you know, all of our, uh, I don't like to say wounded warriors, but wounded heroes and veterans, you know, that have, have, have had trouble. And we all know, we all have friends that are that way and we know them. I, I have a newfound respect, a deeper, I already did, but it's deeper now for, you know, what they did, you know, that they did all this, not just that, you know, I didn't ask for cancer, but they did, they, they went into battle knowing this is, probably could happen to, for our country. So I got a new round found respect for any amputee, but especially our, our veterans. No doubt about that. I mean, <clears throat> we, we, we've been lucky enough to go on a few hunts and take some of those guys. And um, <clears throat> we took a guy several years ago now, I say probably three or four. And I mean, he didn't, he didn't have any either, either leg. Um, he had his hands and everything, but actually he had one hand, the other hand he didn't. 
but just to watch this guy and <clears throat> he had to battle some demons. I mean, when he got, you know, the, he had a, you know, got blown up basically. And um, he had to go through the whole process of, of learning how to do this. And this is, if you're well aware of, and, and even on a grander, greater level, he had to heal up from an explosion first and then had to learn, you know, all right, how do I use my left hand now? And then how, you know, both legs and, and all that stuff. And, but to watch him, when we took him hunting, I mean, it was go, go, go. Like this, you could tell he had that drive, he had that desire, but he talked about how he was in a dark place and, you know, kind of went down the path of, you know, the, the wrong habits kicking in to deal with it and uh, coming through all that. But those guys, like you said, I mean, nobody in any situation that, that has to deal with these kind of things asks for it. It's just what God wants you to go through in your life to yeah. turn out. And, uh, but you're, you hit the nail on the head, man. When, when you spend some time with guys like that, that have done that for our country, um, that gives you a new, hopefully a new respect on, on them, our military, their mindset, and, you know, what we could all do to get back to them. That's right. You're exactly right. So, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's real easy to get dark, but I, I've really, you know, I've really fought hard to try to stay positive and look at all that I do have. So, and that keeps you grounded and, you know, just being able to do little things each day is, 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 is good. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm overall, I mean, yeah, we, we have, we all got poopy days, even when you got both legs, you know what I mean? Y'all have, <laughs> y'all have days where you, you poke out and you, you don't want to roll out of bed, but, uh, but none, but it, you know, it's, it's the, the good days outweigh the bad days for sure. There's no doubt. There's no yeah. Doubt. We're, we're all fortunate. Like you said, hit the nail on the head. I mean, Kevin and I both, when we started this in, in our mid twenties, I mean, there's no way I would have ever thought that we would be sitting here talking to you doing doing a podcast. I mean, that's just, yeah. you know, we, we've all been blessed more than we deserve. Um, just you hit the nail on the head, though. I mean, and I'm not I, I like what you said. I mean, we're we're getting older. We're not we're not at the end, but we're but we're, you know, we're, we're accepting the fact that we're, you know, down the road yeah. a good ways. Um, but with all that being said, I, I've said it before. If I don't kill another deer, or another turkey, I'm not going to like it, but I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and and that's a good way to look at it. I mean, so many people, you know, they try to they, they feel like they need to conquer the world and kill kill every species there is out there, and that's fine, that is absolutely fine. But there's different levels of passion and different levels of what you get out of the outdoors. And uh, um, honestly, I, I've got to where like when we go to Kansas, I got my own farm out there and stuff. When we're out there, I get just as much gratification out of like kind of guiding other people taking them to the stand i get so into that like in watching their excitement and you know and and, and people around here you know here just i like being a part of it you know i ain't saying i want to go to work in an outfitter because some of them guides man they they got it rough but if they need a guy to drop people off at, out in the evenings and not you know i want to want to drop nobody off in the mornings i don't want to get up early <laughs> like that but if they need somebody to drop them off in the evenings and you know, let me be the PR guy around camp to pump people up about what we got. Go. I, I'm that guy. I'm the, I'm your PR guy, you know, to make everybody have a good time in camp. I, I love that. Gosh, that feels good. That, that's what I started. Be the, Go ahead, Kev. 
I was going to say, you could even be the guy, you know, that when they get there that tells everybody, oh, man, y'all should have been here last week. It was hot. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we, we've all heard it enough. We all heard it enough. I, I've got I've got that down. Yeah, absolutely. Golly, I th- man, weather's just off. Last week was awesome, man. I, and it's a shame y'all can't stay past Sunday because next week is looking right. <laughs> see and that's what i started doing as i got nowhere i just started guiding kevin more and just telling him where to go and stuff like that you know that's just kind of what <laughs> yeah i appreciate uncle michael you know helping me get out there after him. yeah exactly actually, actually travis you, and you you respect this we, we were over tur- turkey hunting open day in georgia on our lease and um kevin brought his son kyler now kyler is a killer i mean that's just he's stone cold <laughs> Just I and he and he has just laid out turkeys since he was about this tall. I think Kevin started letting him shoot turkeys, and so he, he takes him over there. And um, <clears throat> opening morning, we, we go out. Kevin and, and his son Kyler go out. Me and my dad, Big Mike, we go out. And 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 I, I, I've over the years, I have to negotiate with my dad when I go hunting, and I have to say, all right, Dad, if you film me on this one, I'll film you on like the next two. Okay, like like it's a it's it's a I got to make deals with my dad for him to. and we always hunt together on opening opening day or weekend of turkey season so you know we go out i I have one great hunt right off the roost he comes in with some hens hits the food plot sees his decoys charges in i shoot him you know high five and all that and kevin texts me gobbler down so yeah oh man yeah we just we've killed two this morning that's awesome and um kyler had already killed two in in florida so i think well man you know kevin got him one and then i then kevin's like well we just had two more come in when they got away i was like well, man, y'all all over, man. Who, who shot the first one? He's like, Kyler. I'm like, well, okay, that's cool. I mean, I, I respect that. Then we go, we're sitting there eating breakfast, and I'm talking to Kyler, and, and, and you know, Kyler's like just normal kid. I'm like, hey, man, you, you gonna let, when are you going to let your dad shoot a turkey? Never. <laughs> he didn't miss a bit. Like, he just didn't even think about it. Never. <laughs> all right, man. Well, cool. So yeah. that 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 that's why I have to guide Kevin because Kevin's got the guy Kyler. I got that's like I got second hand. There you go. <laughs> well, and that's <clears throat> my dad and, and my little boy both. Uh, I got them all tagged out in Florida on the same day. They killed four turkeys in one morning. So wow. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, three of them was Jake's, but you know they still dead turkeys and they still got tagged out. So I'll yeah, do exactly. It. They, they, if they were legal, they'll eat good. As I going to say, everybody, Kevin's having a cookout for about two weekends, frying turkey at his house. Y'all go on down to Florida, <laughs> hang out. So, But after that, then I could turkey hunt because, you know, I had to get them taken care of. Yeah, about mid, mid-April, Kevin gets to start hunting. <laughs> I think that's what, you know, Waddell didn't even kill a turkey in Georgia this year. He, uh, the places he has to hunt, like his his farm there, it's a, it's a big farm. I think it's like right at 800 acres and then uh he has a lease as well and uh that you know we haven't been seeing or he hasn't been seeing that many turkeys around his place so he he uh you know he guides fam- i mean all his family and lord knows he's got a bunch of kids so if he's having to guide <laughs> each one of the kids you know it, that, takes a, that takes a toll on the turkeys but i i think he decided that he was gonna let his wife and a couple of his kids kill turkeys and then he decided not to kill any so and, and and for Waddell, that's hard, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> he's mad at him. He's mad <laughs> yeah. at him. He he is uh, right up there with one of the. He's probably killed more more turkeys than EHDs kill whitetails, probably. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, speaking of whitetails, um, we transitioned this thing a little bit. Um, if anybody 
unless they've been under a rock and don't don't know T-Bone and, and what his passion is, it's those things hanging up behind him back there. And there's about 37 bows back there for everybody that's listening. <laughs> but um, this, this is that time of year where, you know, everybody's kind of getting into summertime and, you know, a lot of guys like us, like you said, we're out trying to, you know, mow and get our food plots situated and ready for fall. And we're, we're feeding deer, you know, doing those kind of things and, and shooting your bow probably should be right up there in one of those things to do. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd like to think there's a lot of people that like to shoot, um, you know, all year long, but it seems like it comes in stages. It's like, you know, turkey season's in, some people are bow fishing or what have you. And then, uh, um, like it seems like Memorial Day, it's like, okay, you know, I'm turkey season's over with, I need to start practicing some. So it seems like some people or, you know, start practicing and getting ready and shopping and looking at the new gear. And then really around July 4th, especially when the trail cam pictures, you know, people are putting stuff out in June and July, the deer are starting to really show their racks and, you know, that, that really triggers. It's like, okay, July's here. I've already taken care of the vacation with the family. You know, we've had, you know, the kids are out of school. Um, July 4th's here. You know, the family don't want to spend no more money. I'm going to get to going on, uh, you know, shooting your bow. So now is the perfect time, you know, to start getting gear up. If you're going to change out accessory on your bow or if it's time for a new bow, now's the time to, to do so. You know, go to your local archer shop, talk to those guys and see exactly what accessories you may want to put on there and, and, uh, and, and basically just get to shooting. I'd, I'd rather somebody just take, you know, 20 shots a day that really, or every other day and pour your heart and soul in it. Don't feel like you got to get out there and sling 60, 80 arrows. I mean, 20 shots will do it. And sometimes even less than that, if you're kind of tuned, you know, there for a while, I, I mean, I don't, I haven't done it here in the, in the last year, but, um, you know, I would, I would like step out the back door, shoot like five or six arrows into the target and then maybe five or six in the evening, you know, just pour your heart and soul into it. And you get a lot from that because, you know, at the end of the day, once you, once you get your muscle memory down, you know, you're not going to get no warm-up shots in a tree stand. So it, those guys that say, man, I got to shooting real good. I shot about 50 shots, man. I, I, I started feeling it. Well, you ain't going to get to do that on a deer, man. You need to be able to shoot one cold. I mean, you need to be a stone-cold killer. So, uh, yeah, pour your heart and soul. You know, they always say practice makes perfect, but I always say perfect practice makes perfect. So, uh, you know, pour your heart and soul. Just don't fire – fire arrows down range because basically all you're doing is just like getting reps at the gym you know so which is decent but if you ain't following if you ain't firing quality well thought out shots down range you're not gonna you're not gonna be climbing the ladder of perfection so to speak so yeah now's a perfect time to yank a bow out or go to the store uh let the archery shop pop open that case see if you need new strings get them strings put on now so they can be stretched and shot in ready to roll um, you know, there's a lot of reasons to, to, to at least start, uh, you know, romancing the bow a little bit. So, uh, now's the time. What, you, uh, uh, I'm sorry, good, good. I just, I just going to say, I mean, you hit on something really good there that a lot of people don't think about is, you know, focusing on that first shot, if you will, you know, if it takes you five or six shots to remember where your anchor point was supposed to be at, like you said, that ain't gonna work out too good in a tree stand. No, no. And, uh, you know, a lot of people get focused on speed and, uh, you, you know, and, and they worry about if, if people would worry about themselves and their shooting and their form, 
as much as they do the equipment, they would be a lot better. Meaning like everybody wants to try to buy more accuracy or this is going to make me more accurate. This is going to, but, but honestly, time behind the bow is, is the, is the biggest thing. So, you know, developing muscle memory and good form and squeezing a good shot off, you know, not punching the trigger and execution so that you're just like a machine. The only thing you got to worry about is, is aiming, you know, that's it. That last nanosecond is, the last five or six, seven seconds is just aiming, just pouring that that pin right in the side of the deer. So, you know, that's what you need to, to focus on. But, um, yeah, yeah, you know, really well thought out five or six shots in the morning or, you know, just pouring your heart in and saying, look, I, I don't have 20 shots or I don't have 60 shots. Now, granted, if you get together with the guys on the weekend and y'all are having a barbecue and a shoot fest and a little – 3d tournament and see who can hit the coke can at 100 yards if you sling 80 errors 100 errors 200 errors that day that's great i'm just saying on the regiment side you know on the daily by yourself regiment side even if it's just you live in an apartment and you just draw the bow back and just at five yards shooting inside your apartment you know just just so that you work everything that you need when you're going to kill zone cut an arrow loose and and even if at five yards you know you can aim pretty hard at five yards and you know try to hit i know everybody's done it shot at five yards and tried to hit an arrow hole but you can stack five errors in an arrow hole and that, that helps your confidence period if you're at five yards and you shoot five right in the same arrow hole it's like man you built your confidence you know the old yeah. style was you tried to put everything in a pie plate at 20 yards I can put everything in, I mean, a small pie plate at five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> isn't it, Kevin's, isn't it, Kevin's shooting little Debbie cakes at five. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that funny how that's the way it was? I mean, like everybody, like, you can kill a deer if you can hit a small pizza box, you know, and that's the way it was. Or, like, you can hit a paper plate, you know. That, and, and, and honestly, I don't know if it's still that way. There was a – I think it was Colorado had a proficiency. You had to prove that you could put so many arrows, uh, you know, like three out of five in a uh, at thirty yards or twenty yards in a in a nine inch paper plate, and you had to prove that before they'd let you have a license to go hunting. But there's a lot of people who wouldn't get a license in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I know. But on you know to switch gears on that, it, it, it um like me working on people's bows all these years and having a store. And, and even now I still set up 30 or 40, 50 bows a year for people, but have them come over and, you know, thinking that it's going to be rough to shoot a bow and they, you know, you know like they're going to have to practice all the time and you set it up and you get the bow set up correctly. And that's why it's so important to go to a, to an archery shop to get set up, for, you know, uh, uh, correctly because so many people have too long a draw too heavy a weight draw i mean the, the the rest is not set right but a well-tuned bow and a well-suited and fit bow to you is going to make your experience in archery a whole lot better so i highly recommend going to a independent retailer that that uh, knows that kind of thing but to get back to my point to take somebody and set them outside and they're thinking golly man i hope i don't miss a target and you can tell that they're thinking that way and then within like 10 shots you know they're grouping the size of a of a baseball or softball at 20 yards and they're just like overjoyed. It's, it's almost like, wow, I'm going to be able to do this. This is going to be a fun experience where they had all that anxiety and dread coming up to it. And then we took the right steps to fit them right, to get them the right weight, to get the right draw length, their bows well-tuned. We selected the right era. 
would go outside and put that to use and talk them through some just basic lessons and let them fill it out. And then they, they're shooting and grouping real good, man, and see their smile on their face and their, the, the way that they uh, have a joy for that is, is uh, well, it's rewarding for me, but it's it certainly knows it's like I can pat them on the butt when they're leaving and say, hey, have a good hunt, little camper. I mean, it's like I, I, there's another one going off into the world. They're, they're, they're on the right track. So, uh, And I know that a, a lot of the independent retailers and pro shops out there feel the exact same way. Yeah, everybody ask, uh, you know, ask us and, and, and everything we do, like, you know, what, what bow do I need? What bow do I need? Well, you need the bow that fits you, that you can shoot good. That, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's, I, I'm not going to tell you to shoot, you know, whatever brand X, Y, or Z. I mean, it, it, yeah, if it's, if it's what I shoot and, and I can recommend it for you, go shoot one. But if, you know, that's not the one that feels good to you, then go down the line until you find the right one. I think that's, a lot of people, you know, they get bows. Well, my buddy gave me this one, or I got a good deal on this one, and they try to make it work. And I'm not saying that's not possible, but you know how it is. If, if somebody gets one of my bows that's a 31-inch draw, that's a 28-inch draw, what they are, you know, they're going to have their ear taken off, number one, if they really draw all the way back. But that they're going to fight through getting that thing set up right. You can change modules out, you know, and change string cables and do everything you need to do to get that thing set up. But you know, it's easier to start out right than it is to kind of piece it together. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, there's so many good deals on, you know, you can see on eBay and, you know, going to pawn shops and stuff, but if you're not well versed and know exactly what you're buying, um, you know, you could buy something that you're stuck with that doesn't fit you. That's why in this day and age, I'm kind of proud of it. And that's why I kind of me being my background for, you know, nearly 20 years was an independent retailer and a, and a pro shop owner, my heart goes out to them. And, and I, you know, I, I encourage people big time to go to them. And in this day and age when things like Amazon and it's easy to shop and click and, you know, have stuff delivered to your house and buy online and you think you're getting a deal, there's nothing that's ever going to replace the independent retailer. And, and, and to everybody listening, I, I tell them they, they're going to say, well, man, I saved $30 on the same bow, but I bought it online. But did you really save when you had to go in there and pay that retailer, you know, $50, $75 for a setup fee? We need to make sure that we're supporting those retailers because it's not like they're trying to gouge you uh, with prices. It's just basically you're paying for an experienced service that they're delivering. And, and trust me, if you wait out all the, all the knowledge and all the service that you're getting, uh, and put a dollar value on that, it, you're, you're really coming out ahead, seriously, by doing that and saving you time on going down the roads of what I need, how it needs to be fitted, uh, what rest, what, what type of site, how to balance the bow stabilizer-wise. There's so many things that by supporting your local pro shop that you can gain from that uh, more so than you're hunting and pecking and shopping and you think you're save, you're going to end up saving $100 on the whole rig, but honestly paying that retailer that pro shop an extra hundred dollars or just because their prices end up being a hundred dollars you'll you'll get back uh, it, it just peace of mind because you're paying for a service and and the use of their range and stuff like that so it's it's well worth the, the few extra dollars it is to buy from a retailer for the, all the service and knowledge that you're going to get and from years to come the simple yeah. fact of the matter is with you know with archery you don't have to have Olympic archer form to be perfect. You have to do the same thing every time to shoot the same spot every time. And, you know, if that retailer can get you set up with the bow fitting you right, 
you know, if your bow's a half inch too long, it's hard to do the same thing every single time. But if that pro shop can set you up and get you fit right, it makes a world of difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've proven that time and time again. Like with shooting machines, you can have a bow that, that is not tuned, that's ripping three or four inches left or right. But you put that same bow, what an untuned bow is, it magnifies the flaws in our form as humans. But you put that untuned bow on a shooting machine, it'll hit the same arrow every time at 20 yards, believe it or not. Now, the arrow is going, whoo, 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 whoo. But it does, like you said, your, your point, Kevin, it does the same thing every time. And in order to do the same thing every time, you have to be fitted correctly from your pro shop so that you are fitted so that you can be as close to a machine as possible. There you have it. This, everybody needs to stop what you're doing right now. Go to your local pro shop. Buy a new bow. Support them. And all your wildest dreams hunting will come true. <laughs> well, it's a start anyway. <laughs> it's a good start. Though. No, I mean, all that, I mean, all that spot on, man. I mean, and I, I mean, the biggest thing with all that is really to support your local guys because, and girls, because, um, I mean, without them, you know, you, like you said, we can't, if you go to a car dealership to buy a new new truck or whatever, you're probably going to drive it at least around the block first. You know, you're not going to, I don't know, nowadays you can order cars online and they'll show up in the yeah. yard. I mean, that's, I, you never know what you're going to get. So, oh, I know. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny how this, this technology thing that we got is so great that we're able to sit here at the virtual Zoom campfire. But yet, you know, it's kind of pain in the butt too. I don't, I mean, I'm the world's worst. I, I, Amazon shows up at my house literally every day. Between me and my wife, it is, I mean, it's not that I don't like to go shopping, but I know what I can buy on Amazon. If I need some more socks, I'll go to Amazon. Yeah. But if I need, you know, a bow, I'm not going to go to Amazon. Yeah, something service, something that's service oriented that you, 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 you need to support them. I mean, like golf pro shops, you can't do any of that stuff online. Anything that's service oriented, um, you, you need to support local. And then, you know, people like, nah, I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, you know, and can be stubborn. But I tell you what, you're going to miss them when they're gone. You know, like when, when they, when they're not gone and you have to drive an extra 50 miles to go to a pro shop, you're going to be like, oh man, golly, I wish, I wish they wouldn't have went out of business. Well, you know why they went out of business? Cause you was hunting and pecking online. <laughs> you didn't support them. So you was buying down. Kevin, Kevin's you stuff off Facebook. Didn't I know it. <laughs> You Sorry, need, guys. I didn't mean to shut them down. Yeah, you need you need to go in there and support them for sure. You, you, you said something that triggered what I wanted to talk about. Kind of transition into the next next part of this was, uh, you know, um, kind of passing it on. And I, and I was talking about this with somebody the other day. Um, you know, what we do, and and, and you've been on outdoor tv and in in that you know uh, industry side of things as longer than we have uh i think kevin and i what this is our it's our 18th year i think something like that yep. and you, you've been 20 plus t on um you know and, and we're talking about how technology has changed everything and, and of course you're super active on social media which is which i think is a great thing and, and we are too and i think that's a, a great tool um but with that being said how do you, how do you just kind of sitting back and I'm being a little philosophical and nostalgic all at the same time? How do, how do you see 
the passing it on from from our you know age group demographic to the next i mean i think every kid out there i say kid i mean this is people that are all in their 20s or whatever and maybe even older um that everybody wants a youtube channel i mean everybody wants to be a, an influencer and and i'm not knocking anybody i think it's great that if somebody wants can go make homemade slime videos and become a millionaire off of it i mean that's that's america to its t you know but in, in what we do in the outdoor space because once you know when kevin and i started i think it was 2004 or 5 when we were t- our show first went on tv you know there, there was a, a if you ask the networks anyway there was a long line of people waiting to get on tv well that that line's gone right i mean now now it's almost like what you when you watch flip it through the channels, normal TV, you know, where you guys are and we are, it's, it's a, it's kind of the tried and true made it through. We're here. We're, we're still doing our thing. And you don't see a lot of stuff up and coming anymore. Like you did. Everything's kind of changed to this uh, influencer slash YouTube format. How, how do you see that as far as our industry goes? Just, just your 30,000 foot overview or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, we think about it all the time. Um, in a bunch of different ways um, because, you know, I, I really feel like we, you know, in the past two or three years, we've started a, a transition period within the, the industry. And as a, not, not just within the industry, but I notice it in our industry because it's, it's what's in our face, but I mean, it's, it's all over meaning like, um, you know, you question how, many people are watching tv how how are people watching hunting shows on tv youtube social media how are they getting there how are they scratching their itch for entertaining hunting outside and we at bone collector just as far as like uh you know watching it and thinking about it we're just kind of sitting back right now all three are i mean all areas are very important and we don't know which one is going to, you know, come out in the front, but it seems like it's like a race. It's a, we're within a five to 10 year transition period, meaning, uh, you know, TV still important now, but you know, a lot of people are sitting there going, well, you know, we get more out of YouTube or we get more out of digital media. It's real, real important for your digital views that touches more people. And, um, all of it's important. So we feel like we're blessed to have a good footprint in all of those. And we're just kind of waiting to see where we need to, uh, because we have a decent footprint in all of those, we're just going to continue with all of them and not try to go down one road stronger than the other. We're going to continue on just like we have on, um, you know, it's real easy to look at the new up and coming and we need to do that. We need to be on the first and forefront, but there's a lot of guys out there, Billy Joe lunch buckets that are not savvy as far as, uh, you know, computers and on their phones and stuff like that, that they look forward to Sunday night at nine 30 watching bone collector. I mean, that's the way they want to watch it. They don't DVR it. They are scheduled around it or they want to watch, you know, your show or any other show. I'm just saying that's the way they like to get their entertainment and they're paying for that. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey honey. Oh no, we ain't. We ain't getting your car detail this week. We got that cable bill coming up. We, we're going to watch our hunting shows now, and they'll leave their, their the hunting shows on all the time. So with that said, I mean, you, you it's real easy within our space to everybody starts buzzing and talking about you got to go digital. You got to do digital. Well, the numbers show that, you know, TV is still pretty relevant 
it's not it's you know digital is something dirt to keep your eyes open to for sure as fast as well as youtube and and you know social media but but uh you, you know you got to luckily we're i think we're we're at the age and i think you agree too i'm just speaking all i can speak on is what we as in bone collector uh, experience i think we're pretty relevant our age is pretty relevant in all the ages right now i mean we're we're uh we're just laying in the bushes and seeing, but you talk about social media. I see, I mean, me personally, what I try to do with, with my personal page is, I don't know. I hope people think that when they think of me as the funny, how always have a good time, positive, jolly, big guy. I hope that's, I mean, I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. I'm that's, that's who I am. I mean, it's just who I am. I mean, all this doom and gloom and pounding your chest and look what I killed. I'm the best hunter in the world. I don't go for that. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm happy you killed a big deer, but I'm not going to stroke your ego. You know what I mean? I'm just going to high five you and let's, let's eat some ribs out here by the fire. <laughs> That's the way I'm going to be. So with that said, I try to have a good mix. I mean, if there is anything is such a strategy on social media, meaning a little bit of personal, so they feel like they know, know about you and maybe a little bit about your family just a little bit a little bit of funny you know what i mean just i i'm real big on i like to just share silly stuff you know what i mean just especially on you know your stories and stuff it it's just a little 10 second 15 second clip or something but it's yeah, I like get a big kick out of your stories t-bone every day <laughs> yeah. on instagram yeah. yeah so you never know what you're gonna see and it's all over the place it could be i mean you know it just makes you chuckle makes you smile move on and then I hope that I'm known a little bit more for, and I'm proud of the fact of, you know, being an archery guru. You know, I, I just love, I love this, man. I love, I mean, my wife, when we built this downstairs, I mean, I can show y'all, like you look down through there, that goes out, that goes out the garage door and I can shoot 25 yards inside all the way down past me into the target right there. So all that's right here. In, in my and that, we designed this house around that and my wife said you sold the store why would you you know my shop i used to own a shop years ago and they said you he she said you're not doing retail anymore why are you building like a retail shop in the store i said listen honey i said if i if i dip septic septic tanks for a living i'm still gonna when i'm my time's off i love building a better mouse trap and working and piddling and helping people out and this ain't a retail store. It kind of looks like it, but I just, you know, I still kept all my distributorship, my accounts. When I had a store, you know, back in uh, 2006, I kept all my accounts open so I can order stuff and get stuff for people. And, and, uh, and I do, you know, not, not like I'm running a store out of it, but man, I get such joy out of just working on bows and, you know, trying to create things. I just love it. So I hope that people tune in for a little bit of stuff I may have learned along the way and they can share to you. Um, and then of course, you know, the, you know, we, we talked about the funny stuff and then, and then, you know, we got to pay the bills. We all know that there's pressure on all of us, you know, like these companies are like, we want this, we want that, we want that. And I hope that I can deliver and do the, do the partners a good job, but not be like a gun to the consumer's head, driving it down their throat. Meaning I'm just going to make mention of this is what I'm using. This is what I like. This is why I like it. And hopefully we we have a good mix there so that everybody uh and i guess it's working i mean you never know you just the only thing you can go by is what you you know what people say i mean it's a necessary evil coming back to that 
it's got to where you got to be on social media. If I had my druthers, I would rather go back to like when I graduated high school in the late eighties, early nineties, no cell phone. I mean, but, but that ain't going to happen. I mean, I, I mean, we can't do that. You can't raise your kids now. Like when I first had Archer, when we had, I had Archer, he's, he's almost 17. Now he got his first job. He started working this week. I mean, like my boys done growed up and, uh, you know, like, uh, I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to let him play video games and I'm not going to let this. And he's going to grow up like I did and all that. You can't do that. You you're actually doing a disservice to your child by doing that because he's going to be left behind. And, and I realized that raising a young and that's like, not like I caved in and let him have video games. It's just like, that's his passion or that's, you know, what a lot of kids do. I realize now, not, that ain't how I grew up or that's not how I lived as a kid, but he don't know no better. I mean, he don't know an era where there wasn't a cell phone or a computer. I can remember when there wasn't a computer or like, if I wanted to, if I wanted to talk to you, I either call you in the evenings cause I know you probably outside till dark or I don't know if you, you guys are young, a lot, probably a lot younger than us, but, but you, I wonder if you can remember, you know, you'd have to call somebody oh, yeah. because you ain't getting them during the day. And there oh, yeah. used to be, I can remember when there was no voice recorders. It's like you call yeah. and hope you get them. We used to have a, a, a phone that was on a party line. I mean, yeah, we did too. Yeah. Where we talk to other people. I mean, like, it's like, oh, oh, old lady Smith's on the line. You got to hang up the phone and let her get done with her phone call. So you, I, if I had my brothers, I'd like to go back to those days. Or if I wanted to talk to look, I can't get, I can't get Michael Lee on the phone. I'm going to have to write him a letter and I'd write a letter and mail it. And then I'd wait like two weeks for a reply back or something. I mean, there's a lot of times you'd write to companies and you'd have to do that. Yeah. So, I, sent uh, I, I sent a letter to Kevin. Kevin called me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there, there's, I mean, I, I wished, I, I really honestly wished we could go back to those times, but you can't, you got to adapt and you got to, you got to go with the role. And uh, I feel like, and I'm, you know, I'm speaking for you guys as well as anybody that's in this industry or does anything that they're passionate about. You got to pay the bills. Hope people realize that. But at the end of the day, we're entertainers or we're doing something within the outdoor space that we're passionate about. We're very fortunate. We're not digging a ditch. Not that that's not noble work. We're not, you know, working as an electrician. We're not doing those things. We're doing this is what we're doing for a living. So we have to pay the bills. And we're very fortunate to do that. And, you know, I, I wish it didn't take up so much of my time of the day, but at the end of the day, we're pretty dang lucky to do what we do. So it's not that hard. You just, you, you factor in, it's like, man, I don't want to have to post this stuff. What's people going to think about it? This, that, and the other, it does run through your mind. And then you think like, got to do it, man, got to do it. And then, you know, th this is the platform we've been given and this is the message we need to send. And, you know, if there is such thing as a legacy, for us or a spot in, you know, uh, you know, going down as a, a hall of famer of some sort, this is the way I want to be remembered. So I'm just laying down the track work of who I am, what I am, what I stand for and not being somebody that I'm not. And that's, that's admirable, bro. I mean, and that's, that's the way we, we should all be. Cause I mean, sitting in different roles that, that I, I sit in and, and do different things and, um, you know, especially on the marketing side of things, you know, you, you, it is not as common as it used to be, but I think it's a compliment to the people I'm about to mention, but at the same time, it's not the right mentality to have in this industry. It's like you'd have somebody 
you know, send you their media kit and be like, hey, I'm going to be the next Michael Waddell or we're going to be the next Lee and Tiffany. That's a great comment comment to, you know, or compliment to, to Waddell and Lee and Tiffany or whatever. But that's not how you need to approach this industry. You have to go be the next Michael Lee, Kevin Knight and Travis Turner and yeah. be yourself and work hard to find your niche, to find what works for you, just like you, man. I mean, you're a great example because you've been, you know, quote unquote T-bone. Uh, the character back on the on the real dream monster book videos and stuff like yeah. that and but you're still yourself and and you know a positive person uh funny good to be around I and mean, we, we've hung out plenty of times and stuff but you you made yourself right and, and that's not something you just you can just go outside and do all of a sudden it's an evolutionary process for everybody and the, i think the thing in this industry that where people really get derailed is they get discouraged because you don't just flip that switch and have the success that they yeah. think they should have. Because, you know, Kevin Knight may kill a 200 inch deer every year on his own farm that he hunts in Kansas. And he might be the best bow hunter that kills 200 inch deer in Kansas. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's, it's yeah. commendable. It's, it's a phenomenal feat. But I would like to interject though that Kevin Knight <laughs> is not and does not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we all knew that, <laughs> but, but what I'm, but, but my point with that is just because in your mind, you're, you're that guy doesn't mean everybody else wants you to be that guy, No, you know, and, and that, that's the biggest thing I think from, from our, our, our experience, my experience in, in, in this industry is be true to yourself and have fun doing what you're doing and don't work in this industry not with total blinders on, but don't look over here because if you're doing that, you're turning ahead and you're not staying focused on what you need to be doing and where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to your point, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's almost like uh, America's got talent or American idol, meaning like you need to be you. And uh, you know, we've always said this, you know, me and Michael and Nick both have all had this conversation, but the people be yourself first because then you don't have to act. You're just who you are. But the people's going to let you know if they like you or not. I mean, no matter how you act, they're going to be able to see through that. They can see through it. You know, they just be yourself. And the barometer is if the people will like you. And even talking to, you know, partners and such like that, if, you know, if you have the power of the people or you have, you know, if you are one of them, then you're going to have validity with the people. So that's going to speak volumes to your partners, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, people are like, they try to always please their partner, which is, you know, I mean, you have to, to a certain extent, but honestly, the best person to have as somebody, if you're a business owner or a product owner and on your side is you need to have somebody who speaks to the people who, you know, moves the needle, not just scratches your itches, invites you on a hunt. And you know what I mean? It's like, okay, look, you're going to give me this big con TV contract. If I take you on two hunts a year, that's not the, that's not the, you know, the correct way to go about it. So if you have the power of the people, that's one, it's, it's uh, honesty. It's legit. There's true validity there. It's not forced. It's not pressured. And the people, you know, will always know if you're truly speaking from the heart and are passionate about, 
you know, what's going on uh, in your life and everything that you're sharing with them. They, they can see that it's not fabricated or, you know, like, you know, you, you watch a pr prime example. I formed an opinion and this is, this is horrible and this is outside the box, but I formed an opinion a long time ago about Johnny Depp. I don't like him, hate him just, just from movies he was in and things like that formed an opinion. I'm like movies entertaining. Yeah. But you know, I bet he's, I bet he's a horrible person. And, and I, and, and just the clips or a few little things I've watched because the Johnny Depp Amber heard things all over the place. Dude, I'm pulling for him. I mean, <laughs> I'm pulling for him. I, 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 I'm like, I like the dude. Don't get me wrong. He, he's done some things and snorted some things and done some things that I wouldn't do. <laughs> right. It ain't, it ain't like what I, I don't want to go slam my face in a head full of powder with him. I don't want to do that. But as the big hole, being able to see him, you know, see him as him. Or I think it's him. Maybe he's just that good of an actor that he's he's fooling us all now in his next role of being Johnny Depp. I don't know, but the tides have turned. I'm 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 liking Johnny Depp okay now. Well, I will say, you know, I've heard this said about all of you guys, Travis, you and Nick and Michael, and it's kind of one of my, I guess, goals of what I want to hear people say about me. But I hear people all the time say, I just, I'd love to go hang out and camp with them guys. They look like they're a lot of fun to be with. Yep. That's the best compliment you can get. That, that uh, honestly, guys, I mean, it's funny you said that, Kevin. It's like you was over here in some of our conversations, but we're like, we're like, that's the barometer. I Meaning if people are saying that and, you know, when we're at, at events and people are standing in line, you know, for, to come see us or meet us. And I, I still can't get over that. I'm like, even this far in, I'm like, I cannot believe somebody's going to stand in line to come shake our hand or something like that. It's so humbling and it's so gratifying. But then they get up there and we talk with them, you know, hug their neck. And they're they're like, you can tell through TV, they felt like they already knew us to a point where it's okay to come up and talk. And then they, they feel like family, even though we've never met certain people. And then, then we, you know, we are who we are and we you know, we, we don't ever walk away. We stand in, we stand in line or, uh, you know, or there for everybody, but they always say like, golly, you're just like you're on TV. And like, it's almost like a surprise. Like, like, you know, when we're in a position like that, we are supposed to be untouchable or unapproachable or, or, and that always surprises me. I'm like, honestly, I tell people in seminars all the time. I said, we don't ever, we hate the word crow hunter. We hate that word we hate the word pro hunter. It's like, we are not professional hunters. Fact of the matter is, if I'm talking to three or 400 people, half or more of you guys are probably way better hunters than I am. The only difference is, is one, we get to go to some really good places. We better be killing some pretty good deer because we're traveling the country, getting to go. And we're spending a lot of time to do it. Whereas most people in the audience, they get one, maybe two days a week to hunt. Whereas we're spending a lot of time going to guided places. We better be able to kill some deer and, um, there was something else I was going to say, but, but, you know, I, I say, we don't like to be called pro hunters and they're, they're in the audience. I, you know, and say that you guys are much better hunters than we are. The only really difference is, is we've got a camera in our face. It's just being documented. That's it. I mean, we are who we are and you know, none of us had two nickels to rub together when we graduated high school. It ain't like we was led down this path. And then to add to a point that you mentioned earlier, Michael, talking about, you know, people think they want instant 
fame and you know like because because that has sped up time your 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 uh, perception is not reality when you're looking on uh social media meaning like you think things move real fast well even with all the you know fast emails and fast uh you know posts and stuff on social media things still don't move that fast you got to wait and see and let things marinate you guys are a testament to that meaning like some kid maybe 17 years old just got to hunting and he starts flipping through youtubes or social medias and comes across backwoods life and he's like man i really like these guys and he starts following he gets caught up well he thinks like i want to be that instantly because because you get granted when you guys started he was just born you know, so he didn't, he didn't, he didn't catch on till 17 years old. So then everybody thinks that it happened like that. They don't realize looking back on Michael, looking back on me, looking back on Nick, like long before there was ever a camera in my face, man, I got 10 or 12 years under my belt working in an archery shop or going to shoot tournaments every weekend all over the place. So yeah, I was in the, I was in the outdoor industry. I was doing things 10 or 12 years before the first time I was on camera, not like, that was my destination. I mean, honestly, I just said I was working for Mercedes Benz and I said, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I don't have a family. I don't have a house payment. Now's the time. If I'm going to take a chance and gamble on something, I'm going to do it. So I said, I did it. And I haven't looked back since I pursued my passion. Now, granted, there was a lot of weeks where we was eating frozen Geno's pizzas and, and hot dogs and, you know, uh, Y'all know what a wish sandwich is, don't you? I know y'all oh, yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You take two pieces of bread and you put mayonnaise on it and you wish you had some meat to go on it. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, there was a lot of that. But you know what? It didn't really matter because I was doing – I didn't dread going to work every day. I was doing something I was passionate about. I was sending people out into the world uh, a better archer or bow hunter than when they walked in the door. And I was happy, man. I'd work 80 hours a week and I was happy. And I'm like, got the bills paid this week. Let's tackle another week. And then doors opened up. I, I had no aspirations of being on TV at all. I mean, I know people was, when we was on the archery range and shooting tournaments across the country, you know, I know people looked on to me as, you know, the funny, funny big guy. And that's just me. I hadn't, I didn't know TV was going to come down the line, but you know, you take advantage of it. You embrace it. You move down the line, just like you guys, when that guy at 17 is looking at you guys, he wants it fast. They don't realize that, you know, there's 20, 25 years under our belt before we got to this point. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody's like, oh, man, golly, that seems like such a t- long time. Well, look, if you're not if, – if you can't wait, it's not a destination. It's a journey. you got to enjoy the journey. You know, like I've enjoyed every bit of those rough times all the way up till now. Now, granted, it's gotten to a point where – we're able to provide for our family good and we, you know, we can rest assured. It's like, all right, we know we're going to be in the outdoor industry. You know, it's, it's not like I'm fixing to have to go work in heat and air or something like that. I'm, I'm like, we're pretty solidified. We're going to be here for a little while. It's great that we got to that point, but if you're not passionate about it, if the guys want this instant fame and they're like, man, I ain't making no money, but man, I sure do want to hunt for a living. You need to give me money and this, that, and the other. <laughs> they're in it for the wrong reasons. You got to have it in your heart that like, as long as I can just get by or somebody will let me borrow a couple of ham sandwiches every week, <laughs> I'm going to make it. And that's, and that's the thing. Um, uh, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, I, I was working at a Valdosta state university here, not too far from my house. And I worked there for 11 years and I got opportunity to work in the outdoor industry. 
And I remember I was talking to my dad. My dad's old school, man. It's it's oh, he yeah. worked he worked at the same place. I mean, he just retired a couple of years ago. He just I mean, he just worked. He just, you know, that that mentality was you, you found a job, just like you were talking about Mercedes Benz, probably a great company to work for, benefits, yep. blah, 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 blah. It's solid. You're going to, you know what you're going to get. But I, I, I was the same way, a state job, blah, blah, blah. But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't sit there and see myself sitting there until I'm 60, whatever years old to retire. Not that I, I hated the job or anything. It had good people around me and all that, but it was just like, man, this is not what I was meant to do. And when I got that opportunity, I called my dad and I was at telling him what was going on. And I said, this guy, you know, they want me to come work in the outdoor industry and get in the marketing side and this kind of stuff and social media and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't want me to do it. Like he, he was dead set against it. He was like, I don't, you know, you got a good job. It's state. Da, 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 da. I was like, I respect that dad, but all I need to know from you really is if I fall flat on my face, do I have a roof over my head? And he said, absolutely. I said, I'm, I'm starting tomorrow. Yeah, and I and same deal, man. I hadn't looked back and you work hard. More doors open. You just you just keep grinding. I know that's the whole Cameron Haynes thing is just keep grinding. Yeah, uh, that's a little different. But it, at the end of the day, it it really is. If if you want it bad enough, and 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 that passion is in you to do something, it don't matter what it is. It ain't got to be outdoor industry related. You can do it. You just got to yeah. go try it. You just got to and, and you got to understand. It's not going to happen overnight, and there's going to be tough days. I mean, Kevin and I can sit here and tell stories about, hey, bro, how, you think we're going to be able to pay the bills, period, this this week and, and keep doing what, what we're chasing this dream? And that's back when we were both working 40-plus-hour-a-week jobs trying to do this as well uh, and, and didn't put a dime in our pocket for, I mean, good gosh, six, seven, maybe eight years of doing this before that you turn that corner. Yeah. But, but that's all about the work. It's the grind, the hustle. Yeah. Well, well, you, go ahead, Kevin. I was just going to say, I saw, you know, yesterday on some social media, somebody posted, you know, you see it all the time. You know, they say, if do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, yep. first of all, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people that hate the job they're doing and still never work a day in their life because they're slacking, you know, but if you even they're when you're that, doing they're getting that check they're on that slow drip that biden slow drip <laughs> they definitely yeah. work at mcdonald's yeah but even when you do something you love whenever you read that you know people say oh you never work a day in your life well the truth is you enjoy what you do so you don't get tired of it but you still have to work to build what you're trying to build it's not oh, a matter yeah. of just coasting you no. really work harder every day of your life because you're doing something you really want to do. Yeah, the, the passion gets you out of the bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no matter what it is, you know, and, and you look back. I mean, I, I'm sure y'all schooling was a lot like ours. I, and it's so it's weird how clear it is. And then we were talking about this the other man. My friend of mine had a conversation. You know, our generation is growing up in the most uh, transitional era there ever was. Because think about that. Cell phones came along since we've been born. Computers, Internet, Wi-Fi. I mean, so many things that have really been huge transitions for our society. More so than, you know, even when they invented the wheel or the car. You know, that's just one or two things. And then, you know, we've lived through basically color TV started when I was born and then all the way up till now. 
So, so, you know, we're, we're living through a lot. I say that looking back on school, you know, even today, my wife's a teacher, the schools don't, the schools don't teach you survival. You know what I mean? It's almost programming you the things that you're learning to be a nine to fiver work 40 hours a week, you know, get on the, get on the plan, the safety net, the government safety net of working 40 hours a week to pay your taxes you know, because they, they can count on that person paying their fair share of taxes. And they want you, I mean, I, I guess it's good so that you're, you're programmed to go to work for a company, you know, and then have that safety net. It's like, just like you said, your dad was, my dad was a, he's a retired fireman. And then my buddy, Brian, his dad worked for Delta, the airlines for, for forever. And it, it's almost like we're programmed to get that extremely safe job. You don't leave the job. You know, because once you get like you was probably, you know, 10 or 12 years in, like you said, it's like, golly, I'm, I'm vested pretty hard, man. It's going to be hard to leave this. Whereas it'd been easier if it would have been uh, two years, you'd only work there. So that's the way we're programmed. Whereas like now with YouTube and digital media and just like you said earlier about making slime videos, I, my son being 16 or 17, he's into editing and and doing things and he he reviews stuff and you know puts it on his youtube channel and and uh you know and i, and I don't talk about that because i don't want folks you know bugging him within our industry it's uh, he he wants to do it on his own i want him to do it on but he's gotten to be a good editor and i can see like you see all the time he goes he goes look at this guy dad this guy just right here made a hundred thousand dollars last month and i'm like you know like how can you tell someone, no, you've got to go to work at Amazon. That's a good job. They got insurance. You got to do this. Whereas there's so many opportunities to do things that you love. And, and now it's even easier than it ever was. You know, it was a lot harder to go do what you wanted to do. Like when we first got started, but now with all the mainstream media, man, people are making money left and right, you know, from, you know, you know that girl, I'm sure y'all know about this, was something that jaw dropped me or was an eye-opener is, you know that girl that was on Phil, uh, uh, Dr. Phil that said, mm. cash me outside, how about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. the day she turned 18, she started an OnlyFans uh, page and owed $1.2 million in one day. $1.2 million for an OnlyFans. Now, do y'all know the history of OnlyFans? OnlyFans has turned into porn we, we all know that yeah but you know it was not started for that it was it was for like for our industry like archery only fans it's meaning only fans meaning like you join it's a way for like us to make money like you're only going to watch archery content on here but but it got sleazy real quick and uh -huh. and you know so that that's where it ended up but nonetheless it makes me think about getting undressed for a little bit of change. I was wondering if you were breaking news to us there, Travis. Yeah, I'm like, hey, you get you get more. You, I, Yeah, I could I can think of all many, so many promotional things. You get more skin for your dollar over here at, you know, T-Bone's OnlyFans. You know, there's got to be a niche out there for, for, you know, big guys that are 50 years old, right? Bro, bro, look. So I, 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 we go to our hunting, hunting lease a lot. And, um, my wife goes over there a lot of one of her, one of our friends. And, and so it's two women having conversation with me driving all the time. I, I, we don't have enough time in the podcast to go through all the women conversations that I have to submit myself to, but 
they got on this this uh uh insta feet have y'all heard of that no it's a thing it's, no. it's a huge website where people buy feet pictures uh, well i mean I, it don't surprise me I'm, i've not heard of it but it don't surprise me uh, that they started looking into this thing and i mean it's i mean it's a it's a whole thing and i'm just sitting here like well, what y'all? We ride down the road. Let's go ahead, y'all. Crank up a couple accounts. Start hanging them things out the window and snapping some pictures, making some money. You know what? What I mean, if it's just your feet, but but that but the point what you said, yes, there's probably somebody out there that would <laughs> jump all over anything that you can come up with to put on there. That's just the world we live in yeah. today. It's crazy. It might be. It might be one of those train train wreck things. Like it's like, man, I don't see this. But I got to see it. Man, I don't. All right. Here, I'm gonna click. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay that six ninety nine. Here we go. I gotta see it. I'm gonna be the one that's like, for every six ninety nine, I'm putting something back on. That's the, you yeah. got to pay me to put it back on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if if y'all hear about me buying a huge piece of land somewhere out west, and and that happens about the same time frame. Y'all know how I'm trying to pay for it. I'm got you. I, I, I don't hate man. Just <laughs> hey, just just throw us an invite to come hunting every once in a while. Exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll subscribe too. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, Travis, I, I I appreciate your time, man. I know we we've probably gone on a, a good bit here. Um, really, I I I think we just end this thing on on a positive note. There, Travis is going to start that OnlyFans.com. I think that'd yeah. be something for everybody to look forward to. And if it goes really well, I'm sure me and Kevin will follow suit. So um, we may do two guys at once, but we'll be on opposite sides of the pond. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of a better way to model or display a real tree thong. I really don't know of a better, better way. Uh, uh, some things you just can't unsee i know it <laughs> exactly man well, well brother um thank you for your time today uh, happy memorial day weekend by the way yeah. we do want to give a shout out to uh monday or actually this whole weekend to be honest with you i know monday is memorial day but everybody please take time and remember all those that have made the ultimate sacrifices and and deep sacrifices for our country as, as we did hit on for a minute. So we would not be here without generations of, of men and women who have made those sacrifices for us. Absolutely. So, um, but uh, so, so happy Memorial Day weekend to you, brother. Thank you for being on here with us. Um, hopefully we'll cross paths in, in the very near future. I know we live in the same state and don't ever see each other. <laughs> so, it's a big state. We're a long ways apart. That's for sure, man. That's for sure. Um, Keep fighting a good fight, brother. We, we, we know, I know everything's going in positive for you. Um, if you need us for anything, we're always here to help. I know you got thousands, literally from social media, from what we see in the, in the comments and the people supporting, you know, this journey, uh, you got probably hundreds of thousands of people, uh, pushing you along, man. And very blessed, man. We, we're all very blessed. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Well, I, Hey man, I appreciate you guys having me on and, and you guys keep up the great work. And I, you know, we always stay in touch with a direct message or a text from time to time, but you know, you can always, uh, if anything you need on my part, just let me know. And, uh, we're just going to keep flying the outdoor flag, man, smiling all the way. So, uh, and, and Kevin, we didn't even touch base on this, but Kevin lives down there in Florida. My wife is from right there near where he's from. So all my in-laws live down that way. So we, I've been down there, you know, couple times every year and 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 have yet to run into to him i always we always talk about aiken's restaurant the barbecue restaurant that we all attend and 
I haven't even bumped into Kevin yet, but I'll have to make it a point to call him up and let's go share a sweet tea and some some uh, pit cook barbecue. Yeah, I always tell you when you get down here to see the in-laws, let me know. I'll go buy you breakfast at Aikens, but you ain't right. called me yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my uh my my father-in-law he always he he's usually the first one there he he's there so uh, so regularly he's, there's a lot of times he'll start the coffee before the the employees even get there <laughs> that's good well guys i appreciate both y'all's time you too kevin um y'all just keep working hard everybody get out in the woods shoot your bows just do everything that we've said in this podcast and you'll be successful in life that's what we're here for to motivate not conjugate so uh Thank you all again. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you. Appreciate you, fellas. Yes, sir.